Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Beautiful day here in New York City. Well, actually, a little cloudy, but that kind of ruins my segue because I was going to say, speaking of beauty, I am very, very excited about the show today as we have a huge star of the beauty world. She is makeup master, Laura Geller. But before I bring my star of my world is my producer, Lori Houston. But Lori Houston, I have to ask you, you know how much I love QVC. We've had some shows uh, with the hosts on QV, uh, from QVC. Yeah. And I love, love, love that shopping channel. And one of the reasons why is because of Laura Geller's beauty shows. They are master, excuse me for talking over you, Laura, but I have to give this little intro. Um, they're master makeup classes, and you use techniques that uh, that work for real women every day. You know, it's not like going to a hair salon and getting a cut that looks fantastic when it's blown out by like 10 people, but impossible to recreate as, as soon as you wash it. And, and Laura, you believe that beauty is for everyone. It should be uncomplicated, mistake-proof, and fun. And everyone can apply makeup like a pro when they use your products and techniques. And, and I am absolutely glued to the set every time you are on. So now, to give us our personal master class is the beautiful Laura Geller. And you can say Aww. hello. <laughs> Thank you for that lovely introduction. Really, thank you so much. And I'm so flattered that you love watching me on QVC. You know, you don't know who's tuning in when you're out there, you know. So I'm really, really honored and humbled that it's you. Thank you. Well, you know something, what I love about your beauty shows, you know, aside from the great products, uh, is that all, even after all the years you've been doing them, you still get excited at the results of the makeovers and how they transform the women you work on. I love to see that. I know. You know, it's funny. I don't, I think as women, I think we all enjoy watching makeovers. Even I, like periodically, if there's a show on television and I know they're doing an ambush makeover, I can't wait to see the results. And it is exciting to know that you can impact and transform and enhance someone with just a swipe of a brush sometimes or a new color. It's really empowering, not just for me, but my hope is that it's empowering for people watching. Right. No, it, it, it certainly is. But, you know, on that note, and, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this before um, we, we backtrack and talk about how you got in the industry. Um, thanks to the media, uh, the standards of female beauty have become, I think, progressively more unattainable. And, you know, we're seeing images of exceptionally beautiful women and we're constantly bombarded by these this sort of unrealistic ideal that I think is probably achievable by less than 2% of the population. Um, and it doesn't do wonders, right, for the self-esteem of the rest of us. And we, come, we become very self-critical um, because we become dissatisfied with our appearance, especially as we get older. So my question is, 
Uh, you work, as we said, with real women, even before you put the makeup on. How do you get them to look at themselves in a different light so they see that they are beautiful? Everyone is beautiful um, and not focused just on their faults. You know, it's, it's something that I am constantly preaching. Um, you know, none of us, I mean, are perfect. And you're right, it has been bombarding us to see all these celebrities and these 19-year-old young women being lauded. And I think that for me, I think one of the things I hope that is appealing to the customer, to the woman who watches my show or has the opportunity to purchase my makeup, um, is that they know that it's attainable beauty. We, we have a tagline at Laura Geller Beauty, and it's called Beauty to Share. And I think when they see me, they recognize what that means. I think I come from a place, having been in the business for so many years, where I am not a makeup artist who you would look at and go, oh, boy, she, you know, I'm afraid for her to touch me. She's too perfect. Mm-hmm. She's like a model herself. I'm far from it. And I think women go, you know what? If she can, I can. And by the way, you know, it's even women who are models and celebrities because Truth be told, you know, I've been working with model celebrities alike, and very often they don't know how to have makeup applied um, outside of having someone do it to them. So once you learn some of the basic things you can do to enhance your beauty, it is the most empowering thing that you can possibly do. It's one of the reasons why I went into the business. It's transformative. Yeah, I think I should be a spy because by the time I I, I have the before, which actually uh, the I think it was the Daily News um, here in New York had done a before and after picture because I was a um, a beauty editor at, at Town and Country actually, and it was the before and after, and it was such a change. I mean, there is a change when I put makeup on, and someone said, "Oh, you never go to a before picture with no makeup on. How could you?" <laughs> It was like, okay. Right, right. <laughs> the next time, because I had to look at that that picture, but it does it does transform you even just a little bit. You know, it does make a it does make a difference. So, without a doubt, it does. Now, you you mentioned that you've been in the business uh, a long time, as you have, and and you became you started with Broadway, did you? And then you worked. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I love the business of makeup, but most women do. Even if they're not big makeup wearers, there's something about makeup that all women are attracted to. And I was, you know, actually debating like college beauty, college beauty. And, you know, sadly, they didn't offer beauty culture and the business of cosmetology in college. Otherwise, I would have had a good old time. So I went right into the business. I went to beauty school because back then you had to get licensed And I was frustrated because I realized, oh boy, I'm really not learning about beauty at beauty school. I'm learning about hairstyling. And that's the last thing that I was interested in. So I sought out where I could possibly get more education. I found myself at School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, where I studied a theater and film makeup course. I I really didn't even know what I was doing, but thankfully... Because of that course and learning makeup in a different way than really young women today and men are taught about beauty, I learned about science and anatomy of the face 
And because I was young and naive, I stuck with it and had such a great understanding of artistry and was taught under a well-known back in the day, and I sound like I'm 100, but it was a long time ago, a very famous Hollywood makeup man who sort of took me under his wing. And with the training I had, it led me into doing film and theater. And that was the foundation of my business for many years. And I was lucky enough to grace the faces some of, uh, of some of the late greats. I mean, Ginger Rogers, Audrey Hepburn, Gene oh um, Kelly. I have pictures and great memories. Of course, I was two years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You're young. Um, but You're then, young. I can say that. You look young. You are young. Well, I feel young. And, and I think what happened um, in all sincerity is that I was realizing that while I was doing that, and I loved it, and it sounded glamorous and impressive, what I really found was doing real women like myself and yourself was so much more empowering for me. And it gave me so much more of uh, an emotional connection to what I was doing that I started guiding myself into going into my own business and working with women and teaching them how to do their makeup. So in the last, I'd say, 25 years, I have strictly, I mean, periodically I'll honor a client who asked me to still come and do something for them for TV or um, photographs, but I mostly work with real women and creating my line for real women. Now, your your line launched on QVC, right, about 20 years ago, or was there was it before and then QVC, it went to QVC? Yes, so I opened a store in 1993 here in Manhattan. Um, it's no longer there, but it was, many people remember it. It was on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and I had a line, um, albeit not very large, but I had my own line, and we were doing makeovers at this makeup studio, and in 1997, I was attending a conference for women in the beauty business and ran into a beauty buyer who took a chance on me. And, um, and in those days, really, it was a lot of unknown brands on QVC that were just you know, starting out and had something very unique and different. So my debut on QVC was 1997, which marks 19 years that we're celebrating. In fact, we're celebrating all month long in this month of June at QVC with shows. I know. That's that's good for me because I get to see you all the time. Oh, God! Thank goodness there's TiVo so I can watch the shows that I'm missing. But at least I get to see you. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's thank you. Well, I'll be, on this, I'll be on this evening. I'll be on throughout the rest of the month. And I will, I will be watching you, just so you know. Oh, you will have you. that. You will know that I am there. I am watching you. Uh, you know, I but, will absolutely know. Uh, you know, a lot of women have told me that they're so confused when it comes to makeup. You know, one only need to visit the cosmetics floor at Bloomingdale's to get an instant anxiety attack. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like a beauty smorgasbord that looks good, but you don't know <laughs> yeah. what to take first or what it will do to you. And, but what do you think that, that's the most confusing part for most women? What confuses them that you've heard? You know, I think um, 
first of all, you know, the names of things, you know, uh, highlighting was a name for years until somebody came along and called it illuminating. And now it's called strobing. And, uh, you know, as an example, I get questions daily on our Facebook page at Laura Geller Beauty. Well, what's the difference between illumination, highlighting, strobing? How about it's all the same. It's highlighting. It's bringing out a feature on your face. Um, You know, it's interesting that you asked me this question. We often at our office will bring in women from the building. We'll literally grab them and say, can you come up when we're launching a new product? And we'll say, we'll put it in front of them. And highlighter is an example. I remember when we were launching a highlighter on QVC, I organized a room of about 12 to 15 women. I put a new highlighter in front of them. I said, okay, go ahead, put it on. And they were like, where do you put it? And I'm like, no, it's highlighter. You should like, you know, you should know. They're like, no, we don't know. And so I think, you know, the cosmetic industry, you know, launches new products, gives it names, even in skincare, you know, they call it serum or night cream or, you know, they make up fancy French names and you're like, wait, does it go first? Does it go second? Does it go third? (laughs) Is it the same as a moisturizer if it's a serum? You know, and I think there's so much that we're bombarded with. Um, not to mention then trend, and not to mention technique. You know, I have watched other colleagues of mine do makeup, and just a little sidebar, you know, when they teach women how to put blush or bronzer on, they'll say, okay, make a, a three on the outside corner of your face or an E. And women are like, what? And I always get on and I say, well, listen, you're putting bronzer on. It's got to go on the whole face. I don't care which way you put it on. Just get it on the whole face. You don't have to make a three. You don't have to make an E. Just dust it on. (laughs) So I think it's daunting because I think there are people who have made it more complicated than it needs to be. And I try to take the confusion out of application of makeup and really make it for, you know, approachable for all of us, because it doesn't have to be confusing. It's funny, as you're talking, I'm thinking capital E, small E, how would the E go? (laughs) I know, right? It's an inverted E. It starts at the the temple, uh, to the cheekbone, to the jaw. And I'm like, why, why, why? And I think it's one of the reasons why women don't know how to do contouring, but they are more comfortable doing highlighting because it's more mistake proof, less, less chance for error. So women are, you know, attracted. Highlighting is a a huge category in the makeup business now because it's a light color and you can't really see it and you put it on, you feel safe, but contour, which is a little bit darker, you're afraid you'll end up looking like you have stripes on your face. Um, So the beauty of QVC is that it allows me to do my master class, like you said. And sometimes I'm talking and I'm demonstrating and I don't even recognize that I'm sharing a tip or trick that becomes such an aha moment for so many women that go, oh my gosh, that's so simple. Like, I, why haven't I been doing that? It's interesting we talk about illumination. I tried your illuminator. I wear your illuminator, but I usually don't wear it to the gym. So the swirl. So uh, this morning, actually, very early, I went to the gym and I had put some on 
And this woman came to me and said, you know, I must tell you, you have the most beautiful skin. Well, I uh, work out next to her like every day. She's never said anything about my skin. So it must work. Wow. <laughs> I have to tell you. Well, that, that's, that's what I hope for. You see, that's exactly the kind of result you should get when you're wearing an illumination is, you know, that low level, not sparkle, but that low level of luminosity that you can put into your skin through a powder and nobody really sees it but sort of your skin has this glow and it sort of you know adds that moistured look that hydrated look to the skin where you may not or you know have it readily so yes that's just what I love hearing now, you mentioned that a lot of women, they try so many products. What do you think, to, to edit it down, what do we really need? Yeah, you know, I was just talking about that. So, you know, lifestyle plays into this, right? So, you know, there are women who really spend most of their day, you know, gardening or running their children off to school or doing, or, you know, real homemakers that aren't out in the workforce, but then there's people in the workforce and fashion. So it's really individual. I couldn't say a blanket, this is all you need, because, you know, one of the things I used to love doing was, and I used to teach my artists this, when a woman would come into my studio, I would say to my artist, you have to be able to deduce in less than three minutes who they are, what their lifestyle is, what they're willing to do, and how capable they are to do it. And then you design a look for them. Because, you know, it's not something that's cookie cutter, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, what you would wear to the gym would not be probably what you'd wear to a a gala, you know. And if you're going to a lot of galas all the time, you know, it really changes. But there are certain things that I always say to women that they should never forget. And one of those philosophies are the three E's. And the three E's are eyebrow, eyeliner, and eyelash. That's my three E philosophy for eyes because I always say, I can do the most gorgeous eyeshadow application on you, but until I've lined your eye, I've put fabulous uh, mascara on your eyelashes, and then even filled in your brow and sculpted your brow a little bit, that eyeshadow, you might as well have not even put it on. It's like baking a cake but not finishing the frosting on it. So there are certain you know, rules of thumb that I feel are important. And for eyes, that's one of them. I also think evening out your canvas. I know a lot of women don't like foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll stay away from it. And they'd rather put, you know, let's say, blush or a bronzer on or just a little tinted moisturizer. But getting your canvas correct and making sure your canvas looks smooth and even is to me, is paramount. It's, it all starts there, frankly. It all um, starts with your spackle. And that's right. It does. <laughs> well, what a good segue <laughs> I gave you. My gosh, what a perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was really, you know, for me, spackle is when people will come up to you and say, my gosh, you have great skin. That was the real purpose behind spackle is, you know, would we paint our walls before we filled in those holes and cracks and crevices on our walls with a, a paint, with a spackle paint? No, we would not. Um, so I had an aha moment, and I was working with um, 
a famous newscaster who used to say, oh, I hope you have more than makeup today in your kit. I hope you have some spackle because I really need the heavy duty stuff. And I laughed and I thought, you know, there's got to be something that you can prime the skin with um, that really sort of creates like the second surface to the skin and permits the makeup to now glide on and you need less of it and your makeup lasts longer, like really everything you need to prepare the skin for anything else you're going to do. And I said, I'm going to develop something called primer. I was one of the first to the marketplace back in the mid nineties. And, um, I never knew that it could be possible that I would have trailblazed the whole category. That's sort of common knowledge for a lot of women. Now, also to to add to that, you have your baked products, which go on after. Now, tell us the philosophy behind baked. Okay, so yeah, that those are the two things I think we're known for is our spackle and our baked formulations, especially as an example, balance and brighten, which is our foundation. So, what ha- really what happened was QVC kept pushing me. Every time I would have a show, they would say, you know, we need new innovation, new innovation, something new. And I had in my drawer um, a bronzer that I had been using, my gosh, for probably a, a year to two years. It just never seemed to go down. I always had so much of it. And I would put it on my face every day. And, you know, they really were making me think out of the box about innovation. And I opened my drawer the morning I put that bronzer on and I thought, what is this item that I'm actually using? Where did I even get it from? It had like six different colors in it. And I started exploring who gave it to me. And it was a lab out of Italy had gone to a trade show and they had given me some samples. And I contacted the lab and I said, you know, I need to know more about what this bronzer is. And they said, okay, you know, we'll meet with you and we'll tell you. And what I came to find out was that it was a baked product, which I didn't know what that meant. And it was actually a product that started its life as like a mousse. It was like a pudding almost. And it was pure pigments. And they folded into the pigments more than one pigment because their theory was that our skin is not made up of one color. You know, you have some hyperpigmentation, some brown spots on the skin. Sometimes you have a little pink around the cheek and nose, but then you're sallow and gray looking on other parts. I'm painting a horrible picture, but it's a fact of life. It's true. And, you know, we're not made up of one color. And their theory was, you know, we can fold into this cream formula, different pigments of highs and lows, but that when you swirl it on your skin, it would really create a balance to your skin and know how to intuitively sort of calm down the look of the redness, but give you coverage for the hyperpigmentation and then create a brightening effect. And it made sense to me as an artist only because I would always mix you know, two or three things. If you sat down in my chair, one color of foundation was not enough. I had to put on a little bit of a color correction and a little bit of illumination, a little shimmer, you know. I was my own mixologist. And I thought, my gosh, what if I could learn more about this process and ask them to help me create a line of foundation um, that would work for women where when they went to put it on, they didn't have to do the heavy lifting. They put it on and it would ultimately do the work for them. 
And sure as luck would have it, I created our Balance and Brighton Foundation. That's where we really started with the craze of baked formulation. And this process is so laborious out of Italy. Only craftsmen do it, and they can only do a certain amount in a day. It actually takes six months till we give them an order, till we receive it, because it's all hand done. And they bake these creams, pure pigments. So a traditional powdered foundation or powder, so to speak, in order for it to stay pressed, different fillers and binders are put into powders. Nothing bad for your skin, but fillers and binders that really create the pressing effect. And sometimes that creates a look of dryness or it doesn't meld into the skin as nicely. And so that's why a lot of women shy away from powders, but they love the ease of use of a powder, right? So it's like you keep wanting to use it because it's easy, but you don't love the way your skin looks with it. And then I, I discovered and stumbled on this process and helped with the artisans to recreate what they were already doing by taking um, antioxidants and taking out glutens and mineral oils and parabens. And so what they were doing for years we trailblazed a whole new proprietary formulation and baking these creams for 24 hours, they become, they come together and then they're hand polished off of a terracotta tile. And it's just such a work of art. Every time I show a video to somebody of how this process is done, their mouths are open because they can't believe makeup could be made like this. And, um, it's, it would be a lot easier to, to get a pressed baked powder somewhere and um, have it made, you know, in my backyard. But it's so uniquely different, and the results are so stellar that we haven't veered away from the process since we started making baked products 11 years ago. I've, saw, Sorry I've for seen this the interruption. video. Do you no, hear the, my interruption? No, no problem. No problem. Oh, good. At all. We have construction <laughs> above me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, I'm happy to say that my um, foundation and blush and burrata come from um, Italy <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> so. Oh, there you go. You're so right. I love burrata. Oh, my God, the best. There, the there best. And now my, my cosmetics, thanks to you, also come from Italy and are baked. See that? They sound almost like you want to eat them. They're so delicious, right? They are delicious. They're beautifully made, and they're really good for you. Truthfully speaking, they're good for you. Now, are they good on all skin types, or are they for... Yes. So even yes. drier skin can use them? Especially for drier skin, because... They're hydrating, and they really have an adherence, which means, you know, sometimes you put makeup on, and then all of a sudden, a short while could pass or a couple hours pass, and you look at your skin, you go, I know I spent time putting that makeup on this morning, and I, I thought I looked really good when I left, and I looked pulled together, and now my makeup looks like it's breaking down, and it sort of disappeared, and I think part of that is that it's called adherence. So if it's not really melding into the skin and clinging to your skin, it sort of evaporates quickly. And the baked products have a tendency to adhere and really last longer on your face. So I, that's what's so special about these products. I, I can't sing their praises high enough because they've changed my life and the way I 
feel about doing my own makeup. I enjoy it now. Now, do you apply them wet or dry with the brush, or do you either? Dry, dry. It's Always quick. Dry. It's a big, a big powdered brush, and you're done. I mean, it's it's that simple. That's why I love it. It's you could close your eyes, and and I always say you feel guilty when you use it because you'll put it on with a brush, and you'll think I don't feel it. I almost don't even see it. So let me keep putting more. And I laugh because when I demonstrated on television, my mother, who is my biggest critique and fan, will say to me, Laura, stop putting the brush over and over on the model because the, your customer is going to think you have to put it on that many times. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, because you feel guilty doing it because it goes on so quick. You're almost done with your makeup in seconds. Tell your mother that I'm your biggest fan, okay? Just, just Aww, let's, let's let let that be clear you. here. But the okay. question I have too uh, is: there's fair, there's light, there's medium. I think a lot of women are confused. What color are they? Because I'm blonde, I'm light, and I have I'm fair, but I also have a little bit of red undertone. So I'm not sure if I'm fair or light. Ever is that? How do you That's tell? So how funny. do you know? Oh, I love that you're asking the questions that your listeners are probably going, yes, Jane, yes, that's a good one. You know, it's funny, like you, we talked about early, when you asked the question, you know, what is, what is what's confusing women today about all the different things that are in the marketplace? And I think picking your proper shade of foundation color is probably one of the most daunting tasks. Do you know, we will do live Facebook streaming during our shows. And we'll say, you know, ask us anything. And the one question that repeatedly comes up is, am I fair? Am I light? Am I medium? Women really are confused. And I think part of that confusion is the way cosmetic companies name their foundations. And I think women are like, well, wait a minute. I'm fair in this brand, but Mm -hmm. in that brand, I'm light. I'm... You know, the name sand, honey, fair, light, cocoa, can, you know, like, who am I? What am I? And it is, I must tell you, it is a bit of a process to get through because sometimes you'll go through a lot and have to test and send back or return until you find your holy grail of foundation, you know, and we're still always on a quest to try somebody else's. So what might be for you, Jane, which I would say you're fair in my brand. Mm-hmm. What might be fair for you in my brand, as an example, if you go out to the stores, you might find that you are considered light in someone else's brand. But that's one in the same. You're still picking up the same color. They're just giving it a different name. And what should, so, what should the look be? Should it just match your take off the red, take off any imperfections? I mean, what what's this color we should strive for? Yeah, so the best thing you can do when you're putting foundation on and strive for it is that it matches your skin tone. You're not supposed to go darker. You're not supposed to go lighter. You want to match the color of your face. And I always say, you know, if you have the chance to take a mirror, and I always tell my gals to take the 10 time makeup mirror challenge it's the magnification that you never really want to look in Mm -hmm. but it's truthfully your best friend (laughs) because it tells it's 
speaks volumes, right? You look at it and you go, oh, no, I did not know I had that brown mark. I did not <laughs> know I had a hair growing out of my chin like that. And But it saves you the embarrassment for when you're at a, you know, an outdoor garden party and the sun is beaming down on your face. And it allows you to see, you know, how polished you did your makeup. But especially, it allows you to see if the color of your foundation is truly matching your skin. And so, you know, some in some cases, women have been protecting their skin, as I always tell people to do, but their neck is darker, as an example, right? So their neck is really dark, and then their face is lighter. So I always say it doesn't matter. You still want to match your skin with your foundation. And then if you want to match your neck and have it all look one color, you can take a light dusting of a bronzer powder and just put it on top of your foundation. But getting that canvas right is through foundation. It's not through bronzer, and it's not even through self-tanning. You just want to make sure that you find the right, it's the marriage of the right formulation and the right color. That's really what you and everybody who's seeking out the right foundation for themselves sometimes have to go through a few before you find it. I'm going to pull out that mirror that I've been hiding under the bathroom shelf. <laughs> I tell you oh. something. I've, I've been sort of putting it to the side and because you do find the, the um, find to find that hair that, you know, obviously you should be taking out, but sometimes it's a little too telling, especially as you get older. I didn't know I had that line right there. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Just listening. I call them, you know, badges of honor. I mean, we earned every one of them and you know what? If it's a, a it's a chin hair or a hair where in the middle of your cheek, you know what? There's a solution for it, and it's so easy. You know what? I actually use. I bought one of those nose trimmers, and I actually use a trimmer on my whole face. It gets rid of my peach fuzz. It gets rid of my upper lip hair. It gets rid of any chin hairs that popped out. It's one, two, three, and it creates a smoothness on my skin, and it's a hidden secret that I've never divulged to anybody until the second. A nose trimmer. Ooh. Yeah. That those is, little, I yeah, my husband's. trimmers. Now I knew, yeah. was, I knew he, he served a purpose. Now I have to tell him, <laughs> take his nose trimmer. Well, I'm, well on take, that note, take, Laura, we're going to take a quick break. Go ahead. And then when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So everyone, Terrific. stay with us. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us much, much more with Laura Geller on the other side of the break. As listeners of our iHeartRadio Talk Show know, Jane Wilkins Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, where it's available for delivery or as an ebook. Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, 
back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael Show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune into Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the air live. This is Jane. I'm here with Lori, as always. And we are talking to my very, very favorite person. She is Laura Geller. She is a star in her own right. She's on QVC with this fantastic brand of makeup and her amazing expertise to go along with it. Laura. Oh, thank you. Just talking about ways to get, like, little hairs off of our face and I was mentioning the fact that I use my husband's nose trimmer but um, you said no, no, no Let's, we have to wash it off before we use it. Let's yes, get our- a little alcohol pad first may I add before you take the nose trimmer to your face <laughs> That's a good good point. Good, but I like that because we all have these little hairs that really bother us. I mean, with everything else going on in this world, if we somehow feel in a meeting or wherever we are on the bus or in the subway that there is this hair and we are unable to get rid of it at the moment, we do feel that everybody in the entire world will be staring at that one hair. <laughs> Isn't that just lovely, right? Well, I know, and you know, for for years, I, I actually, because I even did waxing on many gals before, lip and eyebrow, and I still think you need to get a fabulous eyebrow shaping if you're fortunate enough to do so by a professional, but I would always be like, oh, I'm not in the mood to go for a wax on my upper lip, or I need to wax my chin, or I don't have time to go get laser or electrolysis, and one day I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to keep the trimmer in my vanity, where I put my makeup every morning, and once a week I just roll the trimmer over my skin, and I have to tell you, my foundation goes on better, and you know, there's, it's just easy. It's easy. You're going to have to make the Laura Geller nose trimmer. You know that. We are now going to be looking for that. Hmm. You just gave me a product to Absolutely. We, got, we don't call it. We don't call it nose trimmer, though, but why not? Oh, Jane, thank you. Indeed. I will be. Oh, I will my gosh. Try it out. I will be your, you can send me the prototype, and I will be happy to try it out. But for sure. This okay, is, deal. Absolutely. Deal. I'm going to talk to my team about this. My absolutely. gosh. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh. Now, we have, we have um, after the foundation, we're into the, the spackle foundation, and then we have the blush. What, how do we look for the best blush colors for us? Okay, so I'm going to really make this easy. So when it comes to blush and foundation, to be very honest, you, there's something, you know, you can change out your lipstick color, although a lot of women are stuck in a rut and will not. But when it comes to blush and foundation, you're really picking those colors to complement your complexion. It's not about trend. It's not about matching necessarily wardrobe. So there's not a lot of variation when it comes to blush in the marketplace. You're not going to see tons of different colors. You might see different formulas and different looks of them. And one of the things that we get awards for all the time is our blush category which is blush and brighten, we call it. Like we have balance and brighten, we have blush and brighten. Again, I think it's because women shy away from picking blush because they don't know what the right color is and they're afraid when they go put it on with a brush that they're going to have these sort of clown cheeks, war paint looking cheeks that we remember from back in the day. 
And so they'll sooner put a bronzer on because it's a little bit more natural and they feel safer with it. But I always say, you know, when we have to talk about what you essentially need in your makeup bag, blush in a soft pink or any hue of pink depending on your coloring. So if you're porcelain to medium, it would be a soft light pink. But if you're medium, tan, golden olive, all the way down to deep, you would go into more of a deeper berry pink. Those colors really are anti-aging. And they work on all skin tones. They, you know, I haven't met a skin, whether you consider yourself ruddy or sallow, you know, however you describe your skin tone, pink has never gone out of style even though some people think pink, but pink is really rose, it's cranberry, it's, you know, there's so many different names for pink. And those colors give a brightness to the skin and face that really equals the look of use and softness. So if all else fails, I always tell people, go toward the pink tones. Because, you know, I do like peaches and corals, um, but I don't often use them unless they have a little bit of pink with mixed in with them. I never go to a straight peach or a straight coral color. It has to have a dab of pink undertone to it. So that's that's important to know. I do have your um, I have your your blush too. I have all your products. I have to tell you. So now oh, I'm going to try get out that mirror and try them in a different light. Yeah, and let me tell you, if you can get one of those mirrors that have, I have suction, one. I have. I and if have it a stand if, on it, I've just been avoiding it, but now it's all going to don't get avoid it when you are done with. All right, I have a deal. Yes. Finish your makeup and then look in it at the very end. If you don't want to look at it at the beginning, and just make sure before you walk out of the house that everything looks even and that maybe you know when you blinked your eye the mascara didn't get on the upper lid you know how many times i run into you gals in the street and i'm like i bet she doesn't know she probably didn't see it in the mirror you know she blinked or sneezed and the mascara hit the upper lid or a big chunk of it is on the lower the lower underneath the eye or the liner smeared, and I think those those magnification mirrors are a really telltale for a reason. They're there to help us to avoid calamities with our makeup. You know, speaking of mascara, I've told a story on the air before when I had my my third baby a, a very long time ago. Um, I remember getting dressed very quickly. And uh, we had, I had a function to go to with my husband and all night he's kind of sitting, I didn't make up very quickly, all night he's kind of sitting at me with me and said, you know, you look very odd, something's not quite right with you. And I'm going, well, what? He goes, I don't know, I can't really put my finger on it, but it, something is off. And I finally, you know, I look in a mirror, this was like halfway through the dinner, and I realized that I had only mascaraed one eye. <laughs> so you think he would have said that, but men are clueless, I have to tell you. Oh my gosh, that's really, listen, it could have been anything. You could have had two different shoes on. You could have had your your clothes not zippered up. When you have children, you forget what you're doing. I'm telling you. So now let's move to the lips. There's one product. I don't even know if you still make it, but I love the the way it was the applicator. It's a lip oil and it has a very cool little tip with a little metal tip. It was... It's wonderful. Do you know which one? It's um. Was this yeah, st- we we actually still have it. It's it is a lip oil and it Love has it. a metallic tip. Um, 
To be very honest, I'm glad you love it. I love the formula. Mm. It's not a lipstick. It's truly like a, a conditioning treatment for your lip and with a very sheer sort of color to it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? That is the one. But I love the applicator because it goes on. It feels cool. It's such yeah. a nice experience. You know, I think like anything, it, you know, beauty should be an experience like a good meal. And this was very nice experience to put it oh, on. Oh, Jane, I'm so glad. Somebody you know, we loved it, it too, but we had some difficulty with that product. So we're not really... I think it's still available either on QVC.com or LauraGeller.com. I'm not really sure, but we had some difficulty with it because people were unscrewing the cap, and it was a a pull-off cap, so the oil would leak out, and it became problematic for some women, and so we realized maybe that delivery system, well, the delivery system wasn't the issue, it was the cap. Was the cap, and but if so, you could change the cap, that delivery system is quite lovely. Now that I'm, I know. now that I've come up with a nose trimmer, I can just still. <laughs> I'm now the critique of. <laughs> Listen, bring it on, bring it on. The best feedback I can get is from the gals who try my makeup and have ideas, and you know I, I welcome them because I'm challenged on a regular basis to figure out you know what else I can make or innovate or you know, bring back from the vault. So I welcome it all good, bad, and indifferent. Right, but that's a good one, just so, just so I, um, yeah. Oh, and I'm I, so I just... glad you called that out. The other thing, so now we have, um, but our, our lips, now I like that the berry, I think colors um, tend to change. So it looks good in the tube, and you put it on, can change given your chemistry, just like a fragrance. So if you put on a light color, suddenly you could have a dark red, not knowing that. So how do you choose knowing what your lips are going to do, what your body's going to do to the, the, the lipstick? You know, if you, you know, one little rule of thumb is, believe it or not, if you, if you bite down on your lower lips a few times with your front teeth, very lightly, I don't want you to harm yourself, but you look at the color that's developing on your lip. And if it starts looking dark, like, you know, the blood is flowing there, but it's like a dark blue. um, Generally, your lips have a lot of blue tone to them. And that means pinks can go very fuchsia on you. Colors will go darker on you if you've got a lot of that blue undertone to your lip. Um, that's just a little private telltale way of looking at it. But there is things in the marketplace. We have one, um, which is a lip spackle, believe it or not, um, that when you put it on, because we're really known for creating primers and doing them differently, and they have a very light hue. It, it won't change the color of your lip much. But the formulation has a little bit of a waxiness to it, so it's really twofold. It sort of stabilizes the color undertone of your own lip, so the color you love or pick in the tube maintains the same color throughout the wear of the lip during the day on your lip. And it also, the waxiness helps the lip to adhere and hug the lip a little bit and prevent it from sort of sometimes feathering and migrating up into lines that you may have on the upper lip or the outer corners of the mouth, a lot of things. A lot of women have a problem where lipstick really piles to the outside corners of the mouth. Mm -hmm. 
And I always say, don't apply lipstick to the corners of your mouth. It should never be applied there anyway. You put, you know, put it on the mouth and then press your lips together, and that's where your lipstick should be. No, no, that's great. That's a good tip. You're one-stop shop. We can get everything from you, Laura. There's no reason to ever go to Bloomingdale's again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank, God my, thank God my brand's not there because I'd be saying, that's not true, Jane. You should definitely still go to Bloomingdale's. <laughs> well, I, I knew it wasn't there. That's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Selfishly, did, thank you. I did some research before knowing full well it is not there. But this of course, is, this of is course. a lot easier. Yeah. You could just lie in bed or on your chair and watch, the, watch you doing this and then just pick up the phone. I think I have speed dial the QVC. You know, so do I. So do I. And um, and it's become a very wonderful way and an easy way to shop. And it's true. While we're in over 900 doors, all the Ulta doors as an example, I'm not physically there. And I have great beauty advisors in the field. But when I can speak about how I made my product and how to use it and give you those tips, for me, that is everything. You know, I used to be at my store and teach one woman at a time, and now I get to teach an audience of hundreds of thousands of people at a time, and that just makes my heart sing. As, you know, we had Joe Bauer and Sandra Bennett on the show not too long ago. They were wonderful. Did you? Wonderful. Yeah, the hosts are terrific. They're so great. They're so easy to talk to. They're full of wonderful ideas. It's it's just wonderful, too. I mean, I love, yeah. you know, we all... We all love it. There are other competitor um, shopping channels, but we don't go there, do we? No, we don't go there. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Certainly not when you're on. <laughs> sure. I appreciate that. Um, now, I want to talk about something that's very, very dear to your heart. And, you know, obviously when you, when you look good, you, you feel better. And I was at Town & Country where we worked with an organization that I'm sure you're familiar with as well called Look Good, uh, Feel Better. And sure. I was amazed to see the transformation when women who were undergoing chemo and radiation and had to endure all the side effects of their mm. protocol, how it boosted their self-esteem and in turn made them feel better when they put on some makeup and wigs. Yeah. It, they became a whole different person. wonderful Everything. to see this transformation. Now, you created the Cancer and Careers Program, which is dedicated to empowering and educating people with cancer to, to thrive in their workplace. You provide expert advice, interactive tools, educational events. Tell me more about that. Oh, I'd be so happy to. Yes, this is an organization that while I didn't create, I became part of. Um, in its early stages, and to see the advancements that they've made and the outreach that they've made to uh, really help empower women, because I think the biggest scare and fear is when we are told we have cancer, mm-hmm. or someone we love are told we have cancer, and the first thing that goes through your mind is, what does this mean? Where, how am I going to work? Will I get paid? What if I need to take time off? How do I get through? I don't know where to even start to manage my life. Like, what's the next step? And Cancer and Careers provides every single resource through a phone call, through their workshops, to be able to find out how to navigate through your life and what this means for you at this stage in your life when you've just been given the most horrific news, um, or a friend or a loved one. So it's a resource 
every woman should know about. And while it's very different than look good, feel better with respect to, you know, going to a salon and knowing about where to, you know, be taught how to apply makeup, if you're undergoing treatment or get a wig, they do have resources to tell you where to go and what to do. I mean, truly, it is um, a game changer for the for the industry. Um, the the advancements they've made. I'm attending a workshop tomorrow morning, actually, here in New York City, and I'll be meeting many of the doctors who were involved and many of the cancer patients. Um, who are coming to meet with these doctors and find out more about the resources. It's just, you know, I've been uh, involved and proud of it. And, in fact, I'm so honored. I am getting an achiever, uh, an award this year for my involvement with cancer and careers. I'm so humbled by that because I do it, and I don't even think I'm doing enough. You know, you can't ever do enough when it comes to something like this. That's very true. Now, can other people get, can we get involved as well? Can we read about it? Where can we find that to get yes, more information? Cancerandcareers.org um, is where you would go to find out more about, um, you know, the whole organization. I mean, even things like they have a lifestyle coach who has women who have been out of the workforce for a long time, maybe due to illness. And they have somebody there who helps them to write their resume if they want to get back into the workplace. Um, because that's something, you know, they go, well, wait, I've been ill for a long time. I haven't worked. How do I prepare a resume to let people know that I'm available? So you, you just go on to Cancer and Careers and you just Google it and anybody you know and love, direct them. It's cancerandcareers.org. And it's, you know, wonderful. their tagline yeah. is be the boss. Sorry? No, I'm saying wonderful organization. What is their tagline? It's be the boss over cancer. And, and when you log on to their site, you'll find a million resources. That's, that's absolutely wonderful because I know a lot of survivors and I know many, many, many as, as, uh, as we all do, uh, when you're in the care of the hospital, when you go through treatment, for example, at, at Memorial Soul Kettering here in New York and everybody is caring about you and you have the chemo and everybody's fighting for you. And then all of a sudden your doctor says you're, there are no, there are no more signs of it. You're in remission as it were. And then you go, but what do I do now? I mean, you're lost. Now you're on your own and you're so used. That's to it. not being on your own that this That's is so right. helpful yeah it's it's a, you know you don't i think you become almost paralyzed about what 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 do i do what, mm-hmm. who do i talk where do i go and knowing that your phone call away or going online you know a click away to find out how to to manage this is really important we're almost unfortunately out of time i could talk to you for Hours and hours and hours, but unfortunately, oh. <laughs> we're, we're almost at the end of, it, of the hour. So could you leave us all with your most important beauty tips? Oh, okay. So my most important beauty tip really would be don't ignore putting makeup on, even a little. You know, it's funny because whether, you know, you feel like I never was taught it properly, I, I'm not near resources where I can learn it or be advised, I always say step out of the box a little bit and change things up. 
put on a different color lipstick. If you don't want to put on a lot of makeup, get yourself a beautiful pair of designer sunglasses. <laughs> Look Hollywood. Put on a great lip color and even out your skin tone and make your foundation, you know, help your skin look balanced. And and just go out of the house even with a little a little foundation and lip and put on a big pair of sunglasses when you're in a hurry. But just don't ignore it because from a woman who really, you know, is not a model and far from it and I struggle with weight and life is not always perfect, I feel so fortunate that makeup is available for me every day I put it on. I'm like, wow, I look okay. You know what? I cleaned up really nice and I'm not going to let that, you know, slide away. I'm going to make sure I do that because I can't fit into every kind of beautiful new clothing that's out there, but I can sure as heck look as good as I can possibly look in the body I'm in today. And that's really my personal makeup tip for everybody. Laura Geller, you are beautiful inside and out. Thank you you, so much for being with us and sharing all that you did with our listeners. And where can we find you other than qvc.com? Are you, do you have a website? Yeah. LauraGeller.com, and of course, on all our social platforms, we do it all. Uh, Laura Geller Beauty and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter, it's the Laura Geller Beauty page. So do come and join us. And Jane, thank you for being a fan and a wonderful host. I just enjoyed working with you today and sharing my secrets. Oh, we very, very much enjoyed having you. Everyone, that's our show. Thank you again, Laura Geller. Thank you, Laurie. Houston. And as always, thank all of you for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.